Another week, another episode of the Integrateness Podcast. Coming at you live. Well, actually, we're not live. Um, this is a pre-tape, potentially on a Thursday. We might be doing this in the morning. You don't know. You're just listening whenever you're listening to. Uh, I'm Jason. She's Jolene, that girl right over there. Um, Jolene, how's your week been since Remembrance Day? Did you actually make it out to to celebrate? It's not, well, it's a bad word, quote unquote, celebrate Remembrance Day. I know it's been hard because they didn't have any of like the public celebrations for the last couple of years. And that was something I didn't mention in last week's episode is like, that was really offensive to the veterans, like because of the the COVID restrictions and stuff, like it was really offensive not to have that honoring there. Right. So yeah, being able to get out and um, yeah, show the support and honor. And I always, you know, love when the jets go overhead. That's always been kind of like a annual thing that I like to take my kids to the airport and view that there if we can. And yeah. So how about you? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it was great. Same thing. Right. Um, because we couldn't, the first year of Remembrance Day, the first year of COVID, we actually, um, our family painted rocks with poppies on them and we took them down to the cenotaph and set them out for people, for the, for the veterans and did it that way. We always do something, even if we don't necessarily just go down as a family, like some, one of us will, or we'll just kind of honor it at home with silence. And, you know, as we talked about, we have family that were in the war. So it's important. I now, love, I always keep a poppy in my vehicle. I leave it on my, uh, on my visor. I always oh, nice. have a poppy. Yeah. I just, one of those things I always do. Yeah. Well, it's important. And it, it's, it's kind of, this It's interesting how this week, this conversation was supposed to happen last week until we figured out that it was Remembrance Day week. Um, because we record these several weeks in advance. So after this week, Jolene, it's six weeks to the Christmas episode. Just letting you know right now. Um, <laughs> it will be an interesting conversation. But we've been teasing for a while this whole concept of maybe not fitting into this ever-changing world. Um, and I'm sure I'm not alone in feeling that way. There are people who kind of, and I'm not, people, actually my wife calls me a cranky old man. And people have called me a carmudgeon before, which I think is a wonderful word um, because it's, I'm not resistant to change. I just don't think that all, everything that's going on in the world makes sense to me. And I've always been one of those people that's felt even out of sync. Like I probably should have been born in like the 1800s or the 1930s instead of this modern world. Um, I've never liked technology ever even though it's enabled me to do most of the work I do now. And we wouldn't be doing this podcast if we didn't have the technology that we had, but I'm not, I've never been infatuated with it, you know, or, or like, you know, obsessed with it. I've never been obsessed with obtaining wealth or fame or notoriety. Like so many people are like posthumous fame. Um, and even though I'm all for everybody being treated equally, which I think to me, that's it. Everyone should just be treated equally. We've taken it to this weird extreme right now. And I think it's because we're going through a period of change. And then the big thing I'm starting to, I, I, and I struggle with this with my son and it's some, some uh, disagreements my wife and I had. I don't understand how we've become this risk averse culture. No one wants to offend anyone. No one wants to feel discomfort. No one wants to work hard for things. They just want it this nice, smooth transition. You know, it's, We've got places in universities now where you can go, where you don't have to be told anything you don't want to hear. They call them safe spaces, like nothing. If you don't want to hear it, even though it's the truth, no one has to tell you that. And that's just a, one example of a problem I've got <laughs> with the way things seem to be going in our modern society. Granted, I'd be very happy living in the woods by myself. 
keep that in mind as well. So that's kind of my half-assed way of trying to explain myself without offending all of our listeners <laughs> out there. I love it. Thank you for your truth. Okay. So there's people nodding their heads. There's people getting their back up. I'm here to just throw all of these concepts out and things for you to think about and where this fits in. So it's interesting when you said like, you know, this ever-changing world that we're living in. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's funny because sometimes I just shrink my world and it's my inner world that changes. In the last like few years, it was my inner world that changed the most as well as the outer world too. But like, sometimes I just shrink it when I feel overwhelmed with the outer world. I, I shrink into my inner world a bit more of what I can control, what I do have um, like agency over. Right. But I like to look at things. I agree with you. I think I belong like back in the Victorian times. Mm. Oh, I, I could just, see that. Yeah. I remember when I went to Europe and I just felt, I felt the buildings. I felt the cobblestone. I felt, I felt so much there. I was like, I just belong in these times. And I've always been drawn to that. Like I've always been drawn to that era and antiques. Like I actually, because I work with so much energy as well. Actually, this happened recently on a trip. Um, and I like walk past this antique store and I love all things antique. And the person I was with was like, Oh, do you want to go? And I was like, I don't think I can. Like, there's so much connected to these belongings. It like overwhelms my system now because I'm just so connected in different ways. So I, I like, I feel the stories of items. I, you know, there's that kind of like, I have this infatuation with, um, with, antiques and old houses like and that's why I'm fascinated with a lot of your other work too right like I <laughs> totally like desired to live in like an old farmhouse or something right oh hugely yeah, me, I, me too I, I associate with places I can feel places and their yeah, history right? like I've been to the Edinburgh and walking around Edinburgh like oh my god like you just everywhere it's like almost overwhelming but it's so good Yes, totally. Right. So I definitely recognize I'm in an, probably an era that I don't feel as at home in. Right. Um, but with that, you know, I always look at generational stuff. I'm always looking at like what influences, what influenced that. So when we go back and we look at the depression times that, and I'm going to talk about probably our generation, I'm 40, you're 50, the grandparents, right? So the grandparents, again, that piggybacks onto the war uh, generation, right? The folks that were away and going through that and we've got the depression and we lived in this state of lack, right? That then as like industry started to build and I go back to my old, like, you know, social studies classes and stuff and learning about social history and stuff. But like, we learn about the industrial revolution and things like that. And, you know, it's funny, you talked about electronics and stuff. I have no interest in TV electronics. I never really played video games growing up. I didn't give a shit about that stuff. Still don't. Um, again, I use social media and all these things, but like, I am not a TV person. I'm not a electronic -y kind of person. Um, but with that, you know, it, it develops this, this, this view of the world and how we have to fit into that. So back then it was all about, you know, um, collecting as much stuff as we could, right. Which now you look into like where that's led us. And it was like, we don't want to let go of things. Um, we live in this, like we need, need, need kind of society. Cause it's so readily available. Then we moved from this, like, um, even through like feminist movement, right. Where like women were starting to work outside of the home and stuff. And then how that evolves. Well, now how did, how the, okay. Putting my hand up here. How the fuck do you run like a full-time household and a full-time job and try and do your best in both areas? We need shit to be easier. So we create things like microwaves and easier ways to do things and fast food restaurants and all of this stuff. And it's like wild to watch how all of that, like, 
listeners, like, have you guys really considered how things got to where they are right now? And it was through really beautiful movements like feminist movements and, you know, coming out of a depression and having, you know, more abundance. And now we have jobs that um, give us pensions so we don't have to worry about future security. And then we're all brainwashed. And I say brainwashed because I worked for the government for 13 years and I was part of this mindset and it was very limiting to myself, but also necessary at that journey in my life. Um, but really we're brainwashed to think that benefits and pension are the end all be all. And if you are in these secure jobs, you just got to make it to 65. And like people would get excited to get their pension um, report saying like, oh, you only have like 32 more years left. And then you can... <laughs> pension and it's like you have me by the fucking balls for 32 more years like wait a sec so when I left that system and recognized I could make three four times as much in half the amount of working hours what the fuck I'm super choked that I got misled into that mindset but that is what my generation mindset of my parents was so in order for me to create abundance in this business and create this very different modality of what I can do with my purpose and my work. Now I actually had to go and I did some healing and intentional work around healing my money mindset from what my parents' money mindset was, right. Which was, you know, you make money by the hour for this amount of time for these amount of, you know, uh, weeks or whatever. And I was so limited that way. There was just always this ceiling over your head. Right. But there was this false sense of security and all that. So now we're moving into generations where probably 10 years, like a decade below me, these like 25 to 35 year olds are all, we don't need houses. We don't need security. We don't need the job. We're going to go live. We're going to go experience. So nobody's got anything tangible tying them down. They also are not working to live, they're like living and kind of working on the side a bit, but their focus is more on living. And for us, it was like five days a week working for two days a week living. Now it's the opposite, I feel like. So there's this big stream, like extreme into this other boat of things. And we talked about this in um, that mental health episode that like that generation is definitely more self-aware, um, more spiritually connected, more intuitively connected with themselves and their ideas and their authenticity and their individualism than say our generations were. So we've got all of this like revolution happening at the same time too, right? There's so many things to consider in terms of like what fits and doesn't fit in this world that we're living in. And I can feel myself breaking out of these old patterns and mindsets and ways of being and perceiving the future that I had even five years ago, you know? It's interesting. Um, I, I, there's a quote, cause I have, I think I've mentioned this on the show, my anti-affirmation calendar. <laughs> my wife got me every day. It's a new anti-affirmation. Um, like the one for today, when a man steals your wife, there's no better revenge than to let him keep her. Um, yesterday's popped into my head though, when you're talking about how they're, they're in their individuality, this new generation, um, you're, and it was, you're a unique person, just like everybody else. <laughs> There's nothing really that fucking unique about anybody. We're all the same as everybody else. Um, and I, I, I think we're, we're hitting it in a, and I, this is where I see it from both sides. I know people who are now in a management position trying to operate their business or keep their their organization afloat, um, working 80 hour work weeks because they can't find anyone who will show up and work or will stick with it longer than an hour or who aren't demanding ridiculous amounts of money because they're worth 25 bucks an hour, even though they've never held a fucking job in their life. Yes. Nobody you wants know what to, I mean? Yeah. Nobody wants to be a slave to the man to earn their keep anymore. Right. No. It's hard to find good work ethic, like really hard in that like 
20 to 40 year old generation, I, I feel like that's a consistent message I've been hearing. And really it's about like, where are we all investing? Like if I help you out, so I work as an associate with this, this agency, um, this company, and I'm like, I am building myself, but in that I hope to build this company so that we can all grow together because the more they grow, the more I can grow, the more I grow, they can grow. Right. And it's really about that reciprocity. Right. But we moved into such an individualistic culture, such a power hungry culture, such a hierarchy dominant culture that like you just became a slave to those things. And we're slowly breaking some of that stuff down. Which is um, awesome. It, it, it needs to, our system. And, and this is where like, I need people to understand, like, like I have a huge problem with, with the world that's coming because it doesn't fit into the world we've got. And this world that's coming is trying to force its way in. And the world we've got doesn't want to change because, and I get it. The rich people don't want to become less rich. They don't want to share. That's something, remember that there's that, um, we are the, the 99% the Occupy Wall Street movement mm-hmm. um, was a great concept, but they didn't get that the people that they're whose minds they're trying to change aren't going to change. Mm-hmm. You can't just expect it to happen in a week, yeah. right? And I think this is there's this fight going on. And for me, I'm just so sick of hearing about. Like I, I've done the same thing. Like I've just shrunk my world down where I don't pay attention to what's going on out there because I get agitated by both sides. So there's no winning mm-hmm. going on. Um, and it's just, it's, it's just funny. And I think it's a lot of the onus has to fall on us as individuals. Like as parents, um, we need to be able to teach the kids that you do need a work ethic. You still, you're, I'm not going to support you. I know parents who are in their forties who have kids in their mid twenties who've never worked and they still are like on an allowance. You know what I mean? Be, you know, and they live at home and the parents pay for all their food, their clothing and their cell phone bills. You're not helping anybody by allowing this to happen. No, I'm a hard ass there. That is the Same. best thing my parents ever taught me was work ethic. You pay for something before you have it. I had a car that about when I was 15, so I could learn how to drive on it. Like I had a job at 15, so I could pay for that. I had friends who didn't have jobs until they were like out of high school and they didn't even really like go to university. Like I would pay for their booze on the weekend so we could hang out together. Like I, would, <laughs> I, I know I that feeling. <laughs> I, I'd go work my job and I'd be like, who wants to, who wants to hang out? Nobody had a car, nobody had money. So I was like, I got a car. I'll drive you around. I'll buy your booze. <laughs> like, yeah. <fuck. laughs> I'm working to support all my lazy ass friends. <laughs> like, yeah. Right. Okay. Again, you guys have seen the healing pattern. These things. Yeah. <laughs> generosity looks different and more boundaried right yeah but really that's kind of what it was like and I will you know I will never I like I didn't really ever resent the fact that my like some of my friends had vehicles just bought for them and stuff because I always was like so fucking proud of mine and I took care of it they didn't they they got drunk and crashed them and it didn't matter because their dad would buy them a new one right but for me like I took care of my things and I continue to take care of my things and I I mean that is so important to me. I would never want to take that from somebody else. So I really try and instill that in my children that they need to earn things. They definitely, I mean, we live in a very throwaway society. So that's like a shitty thing to try and introduce in this immediate gratification culture. But I do have to kind of throw out there, Jason, like the world that's coming that you talk about. I feel like we got a massive detour in the last couple of years in that, because COVID, I got to watch people shift out of those moments and places. People left jobs, they left relationships, they left the places that were leading them into this world coming that didn't fit anymore. And it gave them time to, everyone who started working from home went, 
what the fuck have I been doing? It has been so hard to work at this office full time, get my kids to hockey, try and have food on. Like the fact that I can work from home and throw a crock pot on, I'm working twice as hard because I'm not talking to people in the lunchroom. And I'm way more settled and calm in my home life because I can tend to all these things. People started to realize it doesn't have to be the way that it was. And I love the companies that have shifted and they've brought some people back to the offices, but they've maintained a bit more of this work-life balance. So I love that there were people who said, fuck it. We're living off the grid. There's so many people who have moved from their big, beautiful homes onto like their own little hobby farms. And they've started homeschooling their kids because guess what? They had to for a year anyways, and it wasn't so bad. And I've watched people make these massive transformations in their life. I have also made them in my life. And it has been really reassuring to recognize that people are pushing against that in their own way. And learning that they'll be okay. I think we were scared and like, like fear-based away from that. Like you have to follow the collective or you won't keep up, you know? And I feel like there's this massive shift in the collective. That's like, we're happy living. Like so many more people are looking into more like communal type living stuff. Um, I mean, I got a friend who's like, prepared for everything and freeze dry and everything. And I'm like, I know where I'm going if the apocalypse happens, <laughs> you know, but like people are starting to think outside the box and think for themselves. I think there's been way more critical thinking these last couple of years because it's been forced and oh. life slowed down enough for people that they allowed themselves to expand into these other areas and actually stop and breathe and say, I didn't like fucking doing that. I did not like living like that. Well, I, and that, that I agree. I think that is a very good thing. I think, I think the component that I, and I, it started before that. I think it's once we started getting social media, which is a great marketing tool. That's really about it, you know, and for some people they use it to stay connected, but it's turned people into opinionated <laughs> ass, uh, yeah, right? <laughs> opinionated assholes. This is treat, how I can talk to lots of people. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I think though it's the people that have, you are relying on it to be this sense of, we talked about it before, sense of gratification. So they're not actually engaging with their spouses or, or having or solving a problem with their friend. They're mm -hmm. posting, oh, I'm so-and-so, you know, you sure know who your friends are and that's all they'll post, right? And then they, they, they're that attention grabbing and it's created this sense of entitlement. And I think we've lost the ability to communicate face-to-face -face with each other for some people. And when we do, like I know one of my son's best friends can't if, if i have my brother came over who i've just you know met within the last year and he was talking to my buddy's my son's best friend and my son's best friend couldn't look him in the eye couldn't form a sentence didn't even know how to interact with him because he doesn't know how to interact with people because yeah. he does it all online through texting and then yeah. there's the people who will you know those those assholes that come up and say whatever they want on online because they don't think there's a repercussion you know, I, I just, I, it's hard to put into words, Julian, but there's just, we've lost something as people in terms of being as a whole, in terms of interconnecting with each other and realizing the importance of that. I think the best thing that could happen for a while is all the technology in these stupid phones broke down and we were forced to go back outside and deal with each other on a daily basis. And those people that think they can talk to anyone that way, get punched in the face for talking to someone that way or slapped or whatever. And we just kind of reconnect to say even 30 years ago a bit in terms of not the tech, not like the society, because we were moving in the right way, but in how we interact with pe each other as people, we lose the entitlement. 
We lose this over overbuilt sense of self-worth. We lose the sense that, oh, I'm special and unique because you're not. Mm-hmm. You are to your maybe one group of friends, but in the grand bit of society, if I were to die tomorrow, no one in Europe gives a shit because they don't know who I am, right? You're not that you're not that special or unique that you're affecting the whole world around you. I think we need just to reset a bit in terms of who we are as people and realize that we are reliant on each other to survive. And no one of us is better than anybody else in the end. And then when we look at who who we are as a human species amongst everything, like we are just this small being. And, you know, when we're connecting in nature and we recognize how small and inferior we are to these massive, brilliant structures and ecosystems and existences, you know, like it really gets you putting things into perspective. Yeah, we need to take that egocentric aspect out of things, you know, at the same time that we are encouraging you to like, look at yourself and take full accountability for yourself and put yourself first in many ways in terms of, you know, be responsible for how and how you interact with the world and who you are and what you think and how you respond and all these things, but also recognize, yeah, you know, one one thing I've always told myself in this work is I'm not that big of a deal. Like when people make changes in their life, sure. Like they can thank me, they can this and that, but I always made a straight out rule for myself. I'm not that big of a deal. People's successes and failures do not truly rely on me. I will help facilitate. I will help guide. I will help inspire. I will help give tools. I will do all of that. But like, I'm not that big of a deal, right? Um, There's a lot of like counselors, mental health workers that I used to work with who thought they were the fucking end all shit. (laughs) Yeah. And and that was also like in a detrimental, like over helper kind of way. Like I'm way, and I'm like, no, you see this person for an hour out of like a week of their life the person giving them a free meal is probably more important than you at this point because they're keeping their body alive or, you know, things like that. Right. But I mean, really reminding ourselves, like, we're not that big of a deal. It's not actually about us. We are so much smaller than, you know, I think we've probably hyped ourselves up to be in, in different ways as well. Um, But yeah, that sense of um, connectedness and where we've turned to quite like an individualistic society Um, and then like, where, where do we need each other? Where do we need the things and the people and the scenarios around us as well? Like we got so disconnected over these last couple of years, it made us be really creative about how we connected for sure. And I do like technology for some of those things, but yeah, there are people who live in pseudo social worlds that don't physically exist and people don't show up the same online. You know, it was interesting when I moved my work online. I thought there'd be a big disconnect and it would be hard because people would miss being in the office and they wouldn't feel like it was the same, but there was like a deeper level of disclosure that started to happen. Uh, And I think it's because the screen was a buffer. So there was like a bit of an intimacy support there of safety. Like I can now disclose this and I might've been too afraid to in person. And that was just a general personal sense of safety and security. So there was this beautiful space that was put between there. So I do think we can create deeper relationships to some degree because there is that buffer there, but then like, like, like you said, there are negative effects on that, where we say things that we would never have the balls to say in person. And there's so many high school students that I support who are not returning back to school after those COVID years, because they were bullied so bad Mm -hmm. and that there's this like misperception of who they are. And they legitimately, I mean, thankfully you and I have like a pretty secure sense of self before we created social media profiles, but many of these individuals don't have that secure sense of self and their social media profiles are based on 
a truly false um, image of themselves, right? And then that's the one they're constantly trying to achieve and uphold, right? Like uh, filters, filters are the perfect example of that. Like, I hate using filters. I think they look so fucking weird. <laughs> well, yeah, I've never used that's a filter, not what ever. Like, right? Like th these are all my chins. <laughs> like, <laughs> like back when I when it needed to share photos, I took my film to the drugstore and I asked for doubles, paid for doubles to get one picture to share with my friend of like the cute guy or something, right? Like you had to commit to 24 photos to get a double to share. <laughs> <laughs> Big deal. Now, like we're sharing shit all over the place, right? Like, you know, things that we're lacking in the social media world is a fucking frontal lobe. Like we do not have fully developed reasonable parts of reasonable parts of our brain at those young ages and even adults using in social media inappropriately. Right. And I've done it at times too. Right. Um, but really recognizing like we have more tools to be stupid. <laughs> we, we have a lot of tools to be stupid and we're slowly, a lot of us are hanging ourselves on it. Um, I've scaled back. So I just post professional stuff online now, basically maybe the one or two odd personal things. And I actually, um, switch my phone off lately. It's been off for a full day on a weekend. If I'm not working on the filming and at night, it's lately been off by six 30. Nice. I don't, and you know what I discovered doing that? I miss nothing. Yeah. I could turn mine off and still not miss a phone call. Cause nobody really calls me. Anyways. My, my co colleague, Peter's the only one who phones me. <laughs> so <laughs> no one else cares. Um, but no, it, it's a hard, this is, this is a hard episode to get going in my head because it's where I sit. I'm, I'm sort of step back because I've already really scaled back my life and I've just been watching. And, you know, like you say, there's lots that's been good. That's changing. We need to get out of our status slash capitalistic world where only a certain population is really benefiting from it. Um, I think it'd be neat to have the solar flare that knocks everything out for a while, ruins the banking systems, all that. And we all got to start over again. I think that'd be the best thing for our species. A lot of people wouldn't make it. Because a lot of people couldn't sit sit and watch Netflix for for a year, six months or like what was it? We were quarantined for not even sixty days, right? And we yeah. thought that that was like fascist. Meanwhile, in China, they just locked everybody in their apartments for like you know two hundred days, and you got the food dropped off. Um, but we couldn't handle that. So remember all those memes, Jolene, that came up in the years? It was like there's showing this cabin on a lake. Like you know, would you be able to live here for a year by yourself? And I was like, I sure could. Well, fuck you, y'all couldn't because you couldn't even stay home and watch Netflix for like sixty days. Yeah, no, it's really true. Hey, and I think too, when we look at like, what, what kind of programming, right, like social conditioning and programming and stuff guides this like world we're fitting into and how we live. And again, like I said, you know, capitalism and, you know, the patriarch and all of these things contribute to all of this stuff. But, you know, it also impacts like relationships. So even like romantic relationships, partnerships and stuff. I mean, even the concept of those have been evolving over time now too, right? We used to have this um, distinct, okay, you get married, you have kids kind of um, structure. Uh, I, I can't think of the word right now that, you know. Um, I know the but one, the familiar. Uh, kind yeah. of, yeah. So I, again, people had this like mindset of like, this is kind of the right way to do things, right? You like get the family, the this and that. And then people slowly start breaking away and they're like, no, I'd rather focus on career or this or that, right? We have so many split families now. Family relationships look different, right? 
so many people like maybe have relationships where they're not even living together or, you know, like there's way less focus on codependency and power of that dynamic in a relationship and more agency in terms of individualism. Like what's your best self? What's my best self? How do we coexist and have this happy relationship where we might have these two lives that that collide and intertwine but we essentially can still follow what it is we're meant to do because of the stages that we're at like a lot of people are getting creative with that many couples you know they don't feel forced to live together or have conventional and i'm using quotes there because we're using old terms of conventional i think that that's changing and you know there's i work with a lot of people where like open relationships has been this discussion and again i have thoughts around that because i have seen it go wrong more times than right okay so there's a lot of things there and that intimacy episode we can talk about you can go back and listen to that because there's a lot of those issues that I think arise there but people are thinking outside the box of the mainstream like um like European structure of marriage you know oh yeah and it's one of those things I think that's going to continue to evolve right I know people who've agreed to stay single together yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? So, like, yeah. Yes. There was a couple I was working with and one of, so they had a period of separation and then they came together for their kids and they were kind of stuck together through COVID. So they did this travel kind of bit through that time. And essentially what happened is they ended up committing to each other on a daily basis. They're like, we took the fucking rings off and we wake up every day and choose each other. And we recognize the other person at any time can leave this relationship. And I think that we sign this paper, paper, we get into this um, structure of marriage and we think, okay, we're good. Right. And it's like, no, we reevaluate our cell phone plans on a yearly basis. And if that company ain't like up to snuff, then we're going to drop them and go to a different one. Our relationships should be no different. We should be investing the same amount of expectation and evaluation and how satisfied are you? How can I be showing up better, continually evolving and growing? And we can do that together separate, but it's the constant check-in. Um, and it's around recognizing I don't own this person just because they said yes to me now doesn't mean they say yes to me tomorrow. It doesn't mean I can be a douchebag and they continue to say yes, but we lock ourselves into these things. It's no different than the pension mindset when we get into like these government jobs and jobs that take care of us until so many years until we can retire. We get locked in this thinking that that's like our only choice. And then we allow ourselves to be treated in, in ways that we probably shouldn't because of that so I really like it's been interesting to watch people expand what this concept of being in relationship is and it's really a much healthier version it's a codependently healed version and one that allows each individual to maintain their individualism and become interdependent and I think that that is a beautiful shift that needs to occur in our entire um like civilization essentially I, I agree 100%. Um, and I have a feeling that this topic that we touched on could go on for episodes and episodes and episodes, but the machine we record on is telling me it's ticking down. Yeah. Um, so we should continue actually just in this line of thinking in the weeks ahead, as we've, as you've noticed, everything kind of just flows from one into the other. Jason has a really great way of telling me to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> It's just a part of our ever-evolving friendship, Jolene. I respect your individuality. But I, 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 I respect it perfectly because I often just need to be like, okay, time's up, right? And I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't take any of that personally. I'm like, yeah, okay, it's time to move on. So 
I want you all to think about like what really sparked for you, you know, because I guarantee maybe you hadn't thought about that pension job. Maybe you hadn't thought about the conventional way of what relationship looks like to you, especially if you're like navigating new relationship and struggling with that and trying to figure out how like a new person may fit with now kids and this and that and all these things, right? Again, where is your mindset, your programming, your software, your social conditioning, where is all of that very limited? And where do you step outside the box on all of that stuff? We want to know, we'll probably get you guys to reach out to us on social media, what sparked from this episode, because there are so many nuggets here that'll get you flowing. So please do. Yeah. Hit us up on our Instagram account, etc. cetera. Um, and we will be back next week with a whole new topic, or yeah. we might actually just keep talking about this one. We're not quite sure yet. Yeah, we'll see. It'll be a surprise. It'll be even to us. <laughs> so until then, I'm Jason. I'm Jolene. Talk to you next week.